You're listening to Fantasy Nightcap, a Fantasy Football Astronauts production, with your hosts, Fox and Shane. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am your bartender for the night once again, Fox, and with me, as always, is my regular Shane. How are you, man? I'm so much better now that my regular bartender is back. How are you? I am better now. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Yes, after a thunderstorm scared the hell out of our daughter <laughs> and having having nightmare sleep, uh, trying to get her to sleep, and then a bout of vertigo, I am fi- finally back to normal. Yeah, I know what you mean when it comes to the thunderstorms. Uh, we had that problem about a month ago, and well, yeah, about a month ago in the form of fireworks, um, oh, and yeah. they lasted from about December thirtieth to January seventh. Yeah, she isn't a fan. She's not a fan of loud noises in general. Yeah, um, her daycare they have a fire alarm that'll go off, and it's like she has. PTSD from it. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, so like any loud noise freaks her out. But fireworks, like they bother her, but if she's trying to go to sleep and she hears them, it's not a big deal. But it was the thunder coupled with um hail like I have never heard or seen before. Yeah. That like that terrified her more than anything. So like we had rain for three days <laughs> and every night before she went to sleep was like it's not going to rain ice again, is it? I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, kids, you got to love them. Yeah. Gotta love them. Yeah, but vertigo, man, that is no joke. I've never experienced that before. And on top of being dizzy, I literally felt hungover for a week. And it was the worst feeling on earth. That ain't worth it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. That I'd be all right with it if I had a drink during it all, but I couldn't even do that because then I was taking, I was taking Dramamine and that stuff would knock me out. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to mix anything with this. Uh, I would have texted you and been like, Fox, Fox, are you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I passed out on the couch one night. My wife was, I think she came out pretty upset because she couldn't get a hold of me. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. <laughs> Yeah. I may have died for a minute. Well, glad you're feeling better, buddy. Yeah, me too. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a new beer, Hell or High Mango. It's actually mm. brewed out in California. Um, and it is a mango wheat, I think, or white. I can't remember which one. Um, but it's really freaking good. It's smooth as all get out. And you can't, like... Like, I love beer. I love the taste of beer. But you can't even really taste the beer taste in this because it just tastes like mango. And it's it's amazing. Like, I could drink this for hours on end and not know mm. I was drinking beer. Yes. One of our top five that we'll get to is a mango for me. And it's pretty much the same way. Nice. But I will, I will try and check out and see if I have any down here. I know it's brewed up north, but I no. think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Um, I think at our BevMo. Cool. 
So I'll, right. I'll make sure to send you a care package. I would appreciate that. I'll, I need to send you a care package though with what, what you're about to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? I, uh, I brought, I shipped myself back some, um, Bowman brothers whiskey from Virginia while I was out there for a couple of weeks training. Ooh, it almost beat me home. <laughs> I was impressed with how, with how the, with how USPS has been lately. I was nervous that it would be about two weeks before I got it and it arrived the day after I came home. So that was perfect. Oh, that's awesome. But I, I regret not putting like uh, a couple of my shirts or something in the box because I did not account for how cold it was going to be. And I had to buy like two new jackets while I was out there <laughs> and my suitcase was already bursting with what I brought. And I was like, damn it. I wish I would have just brought something into the, because the box I put in it was so big that it didn't make sense to send it alone. <laughs> but it, it's some of the smoothest and most delicious whiskey I've had. So I was happy to have found that. Oh, I like the sound of that. So I'll be shipping at home every time I have to go out there. <laughs> certainly, certainly, certainly. So uh, you weren't here for our first segment of this one. So I'll, uh, no, I'll... I was you were stuck funny. out in Virginia in the freezing cold and wind <laughs> and then came home to 90 degree California weather. Cause that's just how it works Lucky in the winter. Of course. It is about 30 degrees here, I think, and I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm ready for it to warm up a little. So Yeah, I told my wife, I was like, the highs here are the lows at night in California. And I was like, I am not prepared for this. <laughs> oh, I can, yeah, it's 34 degrees here right now in Greenville. So, oh, yeah. Um, with the low overnight looking like 28. So, Oof, yeah, no, thank you. But we get to the 50s tomorrow, so that's nice. Um, all right. Uh, enough about weather. We are going to do our, our weekly segment, which is a top five. And this week we're going to do a t- our top five flight. I'm putting that in quotes of beer because um, as you will you guys listen to this, you'll see a theme. So uh, the way me and Nick did it last time was we just kind of alternated one after the other. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll let you start. What is your number one beer in your – or do you want to go from bottom to top? Um, we can start at the bottom. Let's go bottom to top. So what is your number five beer? So sticking with mango, my, uh, top five or my, my five is ballast point, even keel mango. And they make an even keel, which is disgusting, but then they make an even keel mango, which is a session beer. And it's only 4% alcohol. And that's my kind of beer. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can kill a six pack in, just a matter of hours. So if I if I not have to work on the garage or clean the house, that's my go-to beer just because it's it's smooth, it's delicious, and I don't feel like I'm going to be just out of my mind drunk if yeah. I have two or three. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that. So my number five, um, I've had it on the show before, is Straight to Ales Chill Pills. So um, Straight to Ale is a brewery back home in um, in uh, Huntsville, actually. So about 
hour and a half, two hours north of Birmingham, where I'm originally from. Um, and it's just really, it's a little more bitter than I, I normally drink. Um, but it's still really smooth and, and a nice, like, I can drink two of those and still, like, still feel it, but I don't feel like I'm drinking something that's uh, 9% alcohol by volume or something like that. Like, it's still pretty easy to drink. So, I like that one a lot. Um, and I've got a couple other local beers on here for my the rest of my top five. So, my number four is actually the Cahaba White IPA. So, Cahaba is a brewery back home in Birmingham. And their white IPA is essentially like if you mixed like a shock top and an IPA in one beer. Um, mm. And it's really, really good. Like I, you and I have talked. I don't love IPAs. I could drink no. this all you know what? the time. You know what one you might actually like is there's two. Um, they're both Magic Hat. Okay. I would I would recommend Magic Hat number nine and Magic Hat uh, Grapefruit. I think they're considered IPAs, but man – they got so much of a fruit flavor to them that yeah. you don't t- like, they're not that bitter taste at all. They're heavy, but they're not super bitter. Yeah. See the bitter parts are usually the part of the IPA that I don't, I don't love. Yeah. And then as I'm getting slightly older, just slightly, that's going away. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to like that a little bit more or at least yep. be able to tolerate it more. Um, so like, um, I could probably drink that, um, and there's still a beer that I really want to try. It's out of Charleston. It's called the uh, Trop Hop. It's a tropical IPA. I really want to try that one because um, it sounds delicious. But the, yeah, the white IPA, it's essentially like an orange flavored IPA and it's really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, a good one out of Eureka. And I cannot think of it right now. It's the um, killer shark or white white shark, <clears throat> and I can't think of who brews it right now. But um, that one's another good one. That's like a it's a white, but it's delicious. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that one out. But my number four, and mine are all local until I get to number one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is uh, Belching Beaver Phantom Bride, which is a collab with. Um, I want to say the Deftones. Oh, cool. These are the ones I told you I, I was supposed to go. They just released their new beer, which is uh, a Mexican lager. Yeah. And I was supposed to go meet them because we do work for the Belching Beaver guys, mm-hmm. but ended up getting held up. And I was like, I finally tried it. And I, I really wish I would have been able to try it with them because it's delicious. Yeah. That would have been but, cool. uh, the Phantom Bride these ones are super heavy. Like I can have one and that's it. I can't have another, but the flavor in it is so good. So a beer that I've had, um, that I could not ever drink more than one in a sitting. Um, my friend actually did his own home brewing and he brewed a jalapeno beer. Man, that thing was so freaking spicy. I, Oh, I couldn't like I was trying to drink it and like the flavor on it was really, really good. Just really, really strong and so heavy. I was like, I'm like, I'm done with this. Like I could drink half a beer and it's just sitting on my stomach like a, like a stone. Like a Chimay kind of flavor. I, I, that's more sophisticated than I am. I don't even know what you just said. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing. But, 
I don't even want to hear your third one because this just makes me sad. Oh, come on. Do your third first and then I'll go into mine. All right. So if I if I probably could, I'd put stone on almost every single one. Yeah. But I had to tone it down. Um, and I'll we'll talk about stone after we do these because I just got a delivery from them today. And nice. it's heaven on earth. But. <laughs> Stone Delicious, which I've had a few times on the show, is probably one of my favorite stone drinks. But that the flavor with that one is incredible, and it's not too bitter, but it's got a lot of um, a lot of floral and fruity flavor to it, and it is fantastic. Okay. Like for to to me, it's one of those ones that if someone said, "Hey, I want to try an IPA, but I'm not a huge fan of them yet," like this is where I'd start. Okay. Good to know. I'll have to check it out. Okay, so my number three, you've already hated on it. Um, <laughs> but I look, I didn't go with a, a, a Modelo or a, a Coors Light or anything like that. See, I'm already I, giving you more credit for Modelo. I, see, I love Modelo, but my third is, is Landshark. It's always been one of my favorite <laughs> beers. It's, it's, it's just a beach beer to me. And you can, I can drink it at any time, beach I'll or not. I'll give you that. I'll um, give you that. And I, it's probably one of the first beers that I really ever had and, and liked um, in my in my early twenties, because um, I'm so old now, you know, um, bar- barely into my late twenties. But um, it's just one that I've always loved. So, Land Shark is is my number three. Hopefully, I can make up for it with my number two. Um, I don't know right. how you feel about this type of beer, so we can talk about it. But it's Truck Stop Honey. It's also a local Birmingham beer, and it is a honey brown ale. Um, and it is, it's one. It's I mean, clearly, it's my number two. It's my one of my favorite beers. Um, I think it's a six percent alcohol by volume, and the the honey taste is is real, and it's even f- though it's a, a brown ale and it's darker, it's not super super heavy. So I could drink a a ton of truck stop honey um, and not have it sitting on my stomach super heavy. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I like it. I like sweet stuff, and this is just a good sweet beer because of that honey brown taste. Um, yeah, like brown breaker. I'm going to have to, to nix that one. That's just hearing brown ale and honey I, and it's uh, honey. I'm out on, but the brown ale, just because now being around just IPAs, I can't drink anything else. And just the thought of brown ale makes me sick. <laughs> like opening a Newcastle and smelling it would probably make me barf. Oh God. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more just because of what I drink now. Yeah, yeah. But I am out on honey. I, I promise you it's good. Mm, I don't think I could ever try it. It, it. I couldn't summon the courage to put it to my lips. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But for, for my two and one, there is a theme which ends up being very appropriate for being Astro's. Uh, my number two actually just came out this year, and I'm hoping that they don't keep it as a one-off. I'll be okay if it's a seasonal, but I'm really hoping it gets put into rotation. But it's Stone's Viking Space Probe. Nice. And it is 
so delicious. Bitter, but man, it's got so much flavor to it. It's it's one I once I saw that it may not be carried much anymore. I went and grabbed as much as I could, <laughs> and it it was so good. I'm really hoping they bring it back. Yeah, but my number one is the Elysian Space Dust, and that's up in uh, Seattle, I think. And I'm a fan of most of their their beers in general, but yeah. the Space Dust is kind of one of the first like major IPAs that I really really enjoyed. Yeah, and loved being in San Diego for because you could not find it anywhere else because no one would carry IPAs really mm-hmm. is uh, it, that's changed now, but um, like you couldn't even find it at BevMo oh, gross. and places like that. Like it was that hard to find. And now it's almost everywhere. Like when I was in Virginia, I, I got some to have in the hotel room <laughs> and Oh dude, if you, you need to get some, it is, it's, it's bitter, but it's just so good. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a little heavy, but it's one of those ones that you can just you can have like two or three and you're at that perfect buzz. Yeah. Well maybe for you, I'm a lightweight. Two or three. Okay, so you can have one <laughs> and it will be delightful. <laughs> um yeah, I've seen it a couple of times since you and I have have started this little venture of a podcast. But one thought about trying my recommendation. Sorry, my recommendation would be the first time you try it, find it where someone has it on draft. Okay, that's where you get the flavor the most, or even just pouring it to a glass. Like you'll get more from that. But yeah, definitely try and find it on tap. Okay. I will do my best. Um, what's your what's your 101? My 101 is one that I recently had on the show and it is Son of a Peach. So mm-hmm. it is my uh best friend since 4th grade. His father-in-law is um owns a brewery in Spartanburg, which is about 45 minutes from here. Um and that's their number one seller. It's a peach mm-hmm. ale. Um it is so good. Andrea, my wife, um, was, we were at lunch a week or two ago and she was like uh, on the weekend. Um, and she was like, yeah, that must be a good beer. Cause whenever they have it, you get it. And I was like, yeah. Um, cause it is so, so delicious. Um, seriously. That's how space we- was for me anywhere I could find it. That's what I would get. Yeah. So as soon as we moved here, like we stayed with my friend for a week um, in the the hill that was closing on our house here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I bought a six pack, and he and I drank two or three that night. Um, yeah. And then I, when we were in the hotel for a week, I I bought another six pack, and I freaking left like two or three of them at the hotel, and realized it after the fact. I was like, I just left three son of a peaches in the fridge at the hotel like an idiot. But son yeah, peach, man. it's so, so, so good. You'll have to, you'll have to send me some of that. I know that. And uh, uh, I, I would like that, but I know um, once these babies are here, Mrs. Fox would like it too. Yeah. Well, they have a, so I haven't tried it yet, but they have a seltzer too. Um, that's a son of a peach seltzer. Um, 
I don't know if that's her her cup of tea, but not really. Seltzers to I, I can't do them. They're yeah. they're both too much for us. I don't get the obsession. No, I don't either. They taste like water to me. And pee. Yeah. Yeah. They're disgusting. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. No, we we've tried to get like different ones, and honestly, White Claw's the worst. I I don't get it, but it's the <laughs> I don't thing. either, man. Uh, so I will, I'm gonna drink I seltzer. The only time I want seltzer is if there's a uh, liquor mixed with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, if I'm drinking something that's that low calorie, give me a Michelob Ultra or a Miller Light. Like, I'm Just not give trying me water. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to drink something that's supposed to be fruity and and healthy for a beer and it tastes like water that much like nah. i want something that tastes a little bit like beer at least so um what uh so last weekend two weekends ago me and my buddy went out to celebrate my birthday um at this place called hoppin here in greenville and i had a, a so this isn't this was an honorable mention it's not even a top beer but it's just a beer that i thought you might like and and other our listeners might want to hear about it it's called a good morning vietnam and so <laughs> i went and i tapped my bracelet on the thing started pouring and took it back to our table because we were sitting back there and started drinking and i was like what in the like this tastes like coffee but i know i didn't get co- a, a coffee ale or a, a coffee porter or anything like that. So then the mm-hmm. dude the dude that works there was walking by. I think he was cleaning tables or something. And I was like, hey, man, I got a question for you. And he's like, yeah, what's up? And I said, I'm pretty sure I got this this beer. It was listed as a blonde ale. Like, can you tell me about it? And he was like, well, where'd you get it? And I, was, I told him where. And he was like, oh, it was probably Good Morning Vietnam. It's a coffee, a vanilla coffee blonde ale. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. And that dude, that beer was delicious. Like great dessert beer, if that's your cup of tea, because it was just it was very sweet, um, and just really eat. Like I could have drank more of it than I did, but I was just trying to try different beers at that point. Um, but it was so so good, very very good option for a dessert beer with how sweet it was, but it still has that kind of coffee taste to it, which is why I think you would like it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When it comes to beer or anything being cold, I can't do coffee. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's weird, but like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just have never been like, I can't do cold brews. I can't do anything like that. As delicious as it sounds, it would probably be one of those things. The second it is in my mouth, it was like a huge, huge mistake. <laughs> Understood. But yeah, my honorable mention would be never ending haze, which is also a stone beer, but uh, that's another, like it's, I think you'd probably consider it a session beer. I think it's only like 4% too. Um, Again, my kind of beer. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. Like that's been my go-to right now. And they're, Hold on, I have one in front of me. They're and they they come as a pint, so you get four pints instead of your normal. Nice. But that'd be my 
my honorable mention. I think I sent Nick one of those. Very nice. All right. You ready to talk about football? Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, so you and I had, had come up with some concepts in the, the off season to talk about. Um, so this week we are going to do flights. Um, so I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on a flight from a non-football perspective, if you, if you care to, but what our flights are from a football perspective are our team stacks. So, um, I kind of just try, so we're going to do our top flight for 2020, our bottom flight for 2020, and then looking ahead, our top flight for 2021 and our bottom flight for 2021. Um, yeah. So we, we kept it simple and stuck with one where as a normal flight and drinking terms would be anywhere from three to five, just little scotias, just a taste of sets of drinks um best flight i've ever had was a flight of different types of jack daniels mm-hmm. um but yeah i figured we could just keep it to one since we're doing multiple years all that but we'll have our flight of good our flight of bad and uh what one's left a sour taste in our mouth and which ones left us wanting a little bit more of a taste. Definitely. Definitely. So Um, I'll let you um, kick it off with our top flight of 2020. All right. So my top flight of 2020 was the green Bay Packers. Um, And so my, my ingredients for this flight, if you will, were obviously Aaron Rodgers um, and, and Devonte Adams is the two key. And then I would throw in Aaron Jones and Robert Tunyon as the other two pieces of my flight. Um, first and foremost, Rogers and Jones were, or sorry, Rogers and Adams were staples for me in Scott Fishbowl and in the league that I wanted the championship in. Um, and where I had one, I tried to acquire the other just because you knew they were going to get you your points in, in 2020. Um, and Aaron Jones still performed as a top fantasy back. Um, I think he regressed a little compared to his 2019 season, but he's still one of the most efficient players. Um, so he's part of that stack. And then Tunyon kind of came on late. Um, I like Tunyon simply because Rodgers clearly trusted him in the end zone. And for me as a Packers fan, I know that's huge. Um because if, if Rodgers trusts you, then there's a very good shot that you're actually going to get the ball. Um, and I feel like you kind of saw that with some, I don't even consider these parts of the stack, but like with Alan Lazard and, and MVS, um, you could tell that there was a little bit of distrust with Rodgers. Um, yeah. Well, and it helps when you don't drop a ball all it, season. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I just I loved the the chemistry that I feel like Tunyon and, and Rogers had, um, especially with the touchdown upside. So that is why the Green Bay Packers are my twenty twenty top flight. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's my favorite tight end for next season. I mean, outside of like the big three, but like he's the guy I'm got my eye on the most. Yeah, he's a free agent. Um, he's coming back. I I think so too. I hope he does. Um, 
I don't think they're going to have to pay him a ton to keep him. A tonion? <laughs> <clears throat> I'll see myself out. Okay, Dad. <laughs> and I got to practice, right? Yeah, yeah. You need a little I more got practice. Little people to work these jokes on. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, produ- you gotta triple your production now. Yeah, or quadruple. Uh, <laughs> So my top flight of 2020 is the Buffalo Bills, uh, mainly led by the explosion from Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, I I think he was kind of a guy left for dead and definitely proved all his doubters wrong. Um, Me included. Yes, you included. I mean, I I didn't think he was going to be terrible. I figured he'd be a little bit better than he was last year, but not at all this. And then coupled with Diggs, I mean, the two of them were, I mean, that's that was one of my favorite stacks. Dawson Knox, I'd probably put on there as a little bit of a taste. Yeah. You didn't see as much as you wanted to. It was yeah. more, I think that kind of came on a little bit at the end of the season, but even then it was touchdown dependent. And then uh, add a little bit of Cole Beasley. Yeah, Cole, um, he performed really, really well. Surprisingly, I think he—he he, I mean, he was quietly a solid, a solid receiver, and yeah. I mean, especially towards the end there. But um, I think he kind of flew under the radar all season long. No, he did. Um, and then, I mean, John Brown was hurt a lot of the year, but I'd consider. Yeah. I'd consider him part of the stack just because I know that um, Allen really likes him. Um, See, I was going to add Davis into that. Well, so Davis was kind of my – I was going to add him too. So I feel like you've got a five-person stack there. So you got Allen, Diggs, yeah. Beasley, Brown, and Davis, which if you notice, we didn't mention a running back. Um, uh, no. And which is funny because I think Singletary – did well. I mean, he wasn't somebody you're plugging in fantasy wise, but just as a football perspective, I thought he did fine and got the plays he needed to get to get that offense moving enough to where it's not okay. We're passing every down. I I don't believe in Zach Moss. I think it's Singletary. I, so I'm, I'm. So I talked about this with our buddies Rich and Kev on their podcast on Sunday. I could see Buffalo bringing in another running back in the draft. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's the from an offensive position standpoint, that's the one position that they need to really go to the next level in my opinion. What I would love to hate to see is Aaron Jones. I that's one of the guys I mentioned on their podcast. I, um, I think that would be a perfect fit. Absolutely. That would be just that offense would be unstoppable. Yeah, that'd be a perfect fit. Um, I said Aaron Jones or I said Chuba Hubbard from a rookie standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. I think both of those guys would give you the the rushing upside that they don't have now with the ability to have a receiving back too. But then mm-hmm. Josh Allen is still going to get his rushing production because he yes. can. He, they're like Jones isn't a, a goal line back necessarily. He's efficient around the goal line, but he's not yeah. someone that you're going to put in an eye formation or goal line formation yeah. and ram it down someone's throat. You can still use Allen for that. Um, 
Well, and I think that's where Allen's rushing helps Jones, and Jones' rushing helps Allen. Exactly. Um, so Cole Beasley, just going back to him for a minute, finishes the wide receiver 27 in PPR and wide receiver 29 in standard. Um, and you wouldn't know it, I don't no. think. Um, nobody's talking about him. Nobody's talked about him. It's because he's 31 and 5'8", but, I mean, uh, he's saw, like he's always going to be a, a wide receiver three, I think, for you. But oh, yeah you're drafting him much later than that. So he's yep. always at an extreme value. So no, I love the Cole Beasley part of your, your flight for this stack. Yeah. And, and as a Cowboys fan, it hurts to see him go, but I was excited to see that he still succeeded. A hundred percent. He's still doing exactly what he's doing for us. And I, yep. I love that. I would um, almost, I would almost say it was a little better. It just wasn't as recognized. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, they do play through what a broken fibula. Uh, or tibia, whatever one. Fibula. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that that sucks. <laughs> um, so yeah. Beasley, in what I'm looking at right now, actually finished above Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins, Will Fuller, R.I.P., and Corey Davis, <laughs> and Brandon Ayuk and Nelson Aguilar. So. And Chris Godwin, sorry, I'm just continuing to scroll. Um, so he finished above a lot of big names that I don't think people realize he finished above, um, including myself. Um, before doing, I was w- working on my rankings, my own personal dynasty rankings, and I, I was like, dang, Cole Beasley finished really, really high. So, um, if you were. So <laughs> I'll ask you this, since you kind of, I kind of elaborated on, on your stack. With the Packers, what's one ingredient you would want to add to that stack? Another receiver. Yeah, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig on you a little bit more. Give me one veteran and, and one rookie, or potential rookie. I hate it, but Juju. Yeah, that's the one that I've seen a lot of. Um, I think that would make a a ton of sense. I wouldn't mind Will Fuller or even Curtis Samuel. That was going to be my other one because I know that was kind of talk during season. But yeah, Will Fuller, I I would prefer... I honestly think I would prefer Juju there. Yeah, I think if Rodgers has Juju and and Devontae, that offense... I mean, you saw how good it was this year. I think it maintains that level because um, he's actually got a number two. But then the the touchdown upside has yeah. to has to increase because he's got somebody who can actually catch. Yes. Now, rookie. Mm. I'm I'm testing you a little bit here. Bateman is the one I think of. Yeah, I don't. I I like that actually. Um, and I think that's someone who could potentially be available in that range. Um, so, I mean, I, I talked about it with, with Kevin Rich, and, and this is a double homer pick. I wouldn't mind seeing Seth Williams go there from Auburn. Um, hmm. I think he would be an interesting match with Devontae, 
and then they could keep someone like MVS as kind of the boom bust guy and the, to yeah. top off the defense. But I think that would give you a lot of diversity if you had someone like Seth Williams. And I want, I, I want him to learn from someone like Devonte or oh, absolutely Keenan Allen or. or well, uh, I think my pick on Juju is the dude is just so immature, and you had the king of all clowns to be your role model. That I think Juju going and actually learning from someone who takes their shit seriously and is there to play football and focus on football and not have outside distractions. Yeah. I think Devonte would be perfect for him mm-hmm. and that would help Juju mature being around Rogers. Cause you know, Rogers isn't going to put up with that. No, definitely not. Um, I think that would be, I think that would be the best fit. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You call. Gotta go where you have solid veterans who, I mean, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is a role model you want. So it's like, I don't think he's got the best people around him in Pittsburgh, but that's just, I mean, that's my opinion, but I think he needs to go. He needs to just get out. I don't think they should resign him. I don't think they will, but he needs to be gone. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, especially with the, like the Ben Roethlisberger kind of aspect of it. I think Ben's probably grown up some too, especially since, you know, his whole controversy from years ago. Um, I think he's probably grown up a little bit, but I still don't think, I don't think Ben's heart is fully into football. Um, Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think he really cares. (laughs) He's kind of got eyes for retirement. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Keeps getting talked back into it. Um, So I think if he had someone who's like Rogers, who's like, I want to win championships. I've only got X many amount of years left. I want to win championships. Juju's the perfect, perfect weapon to add to that. Um, So no, I like that call. Um, Okay. Before we move on to bottom flights for 2020, um, do you have any honorable mention stacks? And we don't even have to dive into it, but maybe another stack that you loved or benefited from this year. Um, I, I I can't think of another one. So I, I'm oh, put- you know what I would say, uh, purely from just from my own personal gain would be uh, David Montgomery and Allen uh, Robinson. Nice. I like that. That would probably be one of my biggest stacks that I would, I wish I would have had more of that grouping in every league I was in. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Another one for me. um, I've got two honorable mentions. It's either the, the Steelers or the Vikings. So Steelers with, with Ben, uh, heck towards the end of the season, it was Ben Juju and Deontay, but in the middle of the season, in the beginning of the season, it was Ben Juju, not Ben and Juju. It was Ben Claypool and Deontay, and you know I'm a yeah. big, big Claypool guy. Um, and then the Vikings with with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, and yeah, I guess that'd be my other mention would be would be the Vikings. Yeah. So, alrighty. Um, since I kicked off the top flights, I'm going to let you kick off the bottom flights. Who is your bottom flight of 2020? This one hurts, 
but it's the Cowboys. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, you lose Dak after his absolute fire of a start. Um, I mean, I think Zeke still quietly had a decent season, but it sure didn't seem like it. He was the RB9. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) I mean, you could tell that was a team that once Dak was gone, the fire was out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you still got your production, but it was so up and down. I'm just, I think, you know, Gallup, I would say, was your bright spot. But you didn't know when it was coming. And then, you know, CeeDee Lamb, same thing, flashes. Yeah. I guess you could say that for all of them. Cooper, the same. So, I mean, it was just, you didn't know what offense you were getting mm-hmm. game in and game out. I mean, then with Dalton going out, you still didn't, you know, it just made things worse. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a dumpster fire, what, week four on? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Ironically enough, I think it was Amari Cooper's most consistent year because he didn't have those games where he scored 40 points and then the next week he scores three. Um, He was was pretty consistent all year. But, yeah, with the expectations going into 2020, Mm -hmm. this was a – I totally agree with this call. Um, Even just injuries and all that just crushed their season. Yeah, 100%. 100%. you know what's crazy though? Dak finishes QB thirty, <laughs> and he did not play a snap after week five. I can't remember the stat, but I mean, he had more passing yards than Lamar Jackson through, I think, three or four games after he was out. Like that just <laughs> blew my mind. I mean, he still finished with more than Tua. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts, if you want to call that. He was really close to Nick Foles. He finished more than Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dwayne Haskins. So guys that got to play a lot longer than he did, and he finished with more yards than they did. Pay him. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Who's, who's your flight here? It's the Jets. Um, that would have been. That was my other option. I do have an honorable mention here as well. Now that I've actually like thought a little bit more about it, but go ahead with the Jets. The Jets. I mean, Darnold has just been disappointing, um, and I'm going to blame that on Adam Gase. They traded Le'Veon Bell or cut Le'Veon Bell. I can't even remember which one it was, but they got rid of Le'Veon Bell. So then their starting running back was 300 year old Frank Gore. Um, and they flirted with Ty Johnson and LaMichael P. Ryan, and I think Josh Adams got snaps at running back. So their running back room was just absolute garbage. You couldn't actually make a flight from it. Um, and then wide receivers. Wide receiver was honestly their best position. Um, mm-hmm. With Jamison Crowder, even though he missed a few games, he, him and Darnold seemed to always have a connection. So I did like that aspect of it, but it wasn't, neither of them was someone that I really wanted. Um, and then Mims, once he finally got healthy, started to show flashes, but he never really, he never really blew up. Um, no. He'd have a, 
a 10 point game here, an eight point game here, 11 here. He never really had like a 15 to 20 point game where you're like, awesome. I'm excited about the jets offense. Um, so, and then their tight end, like, I don't even know who played tight end for them. Um, no, this, this was a flight that was being carried to your table and someone backed their chair out and hit the waiter and it spilled, spilled all over the floor. (laughs) And then the person carrying the one for the Cowboys tripped over them. And spilled that one too. That's just how it was, man. Exactly. Um, so who's your honorable mention for your bottom flight of 20? So, I want to say the Seahawks. Interesting. But I mean, I know they made the playoffs and all this jazz, but I don't think you got the season out of Metcalf that I think you really wanted. I mean, he was solid, but like, I don't know. I feel like there was a stretch of time where this team, you were just wondering what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, Russ stopped cooking. They took his barbecue away and said, nope, no more. Uh, I mean, it was just so up and down with Lockett and Metcalf. There's no tight end. There's really not. I mean, the running back there, it's just so up and down. You never know if, you know, <laughs> who's hurt and who's not, who's starting. Um, you know, I love Carson, but I don't think you're ever going to get a full season from him. Yeah, I don't either. So from Hyde's on his way out. Penny can't stay healthy. Yeah. And I think if Penny could stay healthy, he's the answer. Yeah, I just I, – he hadn't shown me that he can do it yet. So from week 10 on, Metcalf only scored – more than 15 points twice. And other than that, it was 15 points or lower, and he had three single-digit games. Then Lockett, what, what's crazy is he still finishes wide receiver seven. Yeah. Lockett, after week 12, didn't score above... 11 points other than week 17 when he scored 28. Yeah, I was going to say, he he dropped off and just disappeared. Yeah. And and Russ started to throw more interceptions. So I actually, this is, I'll, I'm going to, don't hate me for this. It's an off-the-wall pick for an honorable mention, but it makes a lot of sense with how much they dropped off in the second half of the season. So I like it a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels weird to say because I feel like they still did well, but I guess that was more just as a pure football standpoint, not as a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, you weren't confident starting any of those guys. Except maybe DK, and that, like we said, yes. still wasn't consistent. You're still throwing up prayers. Yeah. So, um, my honorable mention is actually the New York Giants. Um. Saquon getting hurt didn't help that, so they lose a very key ingredient to their flight there. Daniel Jones, he's just mm-hmm. average at best, I think. I don't I don't know if he's ever going to be better than what he is now. Um, and then their if wide he receiver isn't much. Yeah, exactly. And then their wide receiver core has just been disappointing. Um, I think they're going to be one of those that either drafts a wide receiver or brings in a, a true number one, and I think that could help them for 2020 for 2021, but for 2020, they were just a big old disappointment. 
Um, well, yes, because then there's this nonsense that like Sterling Shepard all apparently is like God in the receiver core, and it needs to stop. He's not special. No, he's not the number one. And he's, um, he's been hurt the last couple of years, if I remember correctly. And the- yes, I mean he he filled in fine. What the first couple weeks he came back? Yeah. But he's not – I'm not plugging him in being like, oh, yeah, I feel great about this. It's it's Slayton. You're nervous about Ingram, and that's it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So. The the Shepherd talk's got to stop. I, I don't get it, and, I mean, they, I agree completely. They need a number one, and I think Shepard gets phased out, and Slayton's the guy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think if they get a number one, that's going to open up a lot of things for Slayton. And we're actually going to, again, here's some Auburn bias for you. Um, you're actually going to get to see how good Slayton is. I still don't think we've seen that from college to now. You haven't seen how good Darius Slayton can actually be. But you know what I have seen is that he's better than Shepard. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think the Jets need to realize that. I, I feel like they've got some thing where like they owe Shepard something and they don't. No, they really don't. Like he had a good year because Odell got hurt. And he was yeah. the only option. Yeah. So all right, moving on to twenty twenty one, if you will. Mm. Um you want me to take the, the lead on this one? Fire away. Fire away, good song by Chris Stapleton for any country music <laughs> fan out there. Um and that's where we're going to end the podcast for the yeah. night. Thank you guys so much for joining us. <laughs> um, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think 2021 is probably the last. I'm going to say it's the last year of good offense in Tennessee. And it's because I think even though Derrick Henry is a full grown truck of a man, you can't run the wheels off on the truck for that long without them falling off. I think he's got one, maybe two good years left. Um, yeah. And Tannehill is an extremely underrated quarterback, and but he's also in the perfect system for him, I think. So I think okay. 2021, they're going to be really good on offense, kind of like they were this year, really efficient, run the ball, use the play action, and throw the ball to A.J. Brown. If they don't bring back Corey Davis, which I which think they need to, they a hundred percent agree, because um, he finished as the wide receiver thirty-one in this offense this year. Um, I think they need to bring him back because he yeah. is the perfect complement to AJ Brown. And if 100%. they if they do, then this offense will do what it did. This year and probably improve because they'll get they've got another year under their belt and they can develop under their coordinator. Um, so Tennessee is my pick for twenty twenty one for the flight because I think it's their last year for a good offense. Um, and it's the same thing. It's a prove it. It's a prove it year for them. Or I th- I agree. It's their last chance. So. Um, and from a, a draft standpoint, um, I think it really depends on Davis, what they do. If they lose Davis, they need to bring in another wide receiver. Um, yep. I think someone like 
Elijah Moore, Deami Brown, Daz Newsome, somebody like that who's probably going to go in the second round or later um, to complement A.J. Brown will be a perfect fit for that offense. Heck, they honestly, there's a part of me that feels like they need to bring that in anyway. Um, I believe yeah. Janu is a free agent. Um mm-hmm. And I don't know how much with the way they want to run their offense that he fits in to the stack anymore. So like for me, the stack is Tannehill, Henry, AJ Brown, and then whoever their wide receiver two is going to be, hopefully is Davis. I still, if they want to take the next step as an offense, I think they need a third option in the passing game. And that's, I, it could be Henry. He's he's a capable receiver. We've seen that before, but that's mm-hmm. just not how they use him. So I think they yeah. need to bring in a, another option in the receiving game. That would be my my thought as well. And you know what, Humphreys? Yeah, Humphreys is their current wide receiver three or Khalif. Yeah, I like I loved the little breakout we got from Khalif Raymond when uh, I was going to say, could he actually be the one that steps up and becomes your three? I don't know. Um, I really. I think we saw enough for of him this year to say yes, but it doesn't seem like the organization organization agrees with me. I would agree. Unfortunately, so. Um, that's that for Tennessee. Hit me with your top, your twenty twenty one top flight. I'm ready for it. I can't wait for it. Mine is the Cowboys. Woohoo! <laughs> Dak is back, healthy. Zeke is back with Dak, healthy. Hopefully, his mind is right. Hopefully, a no more fumbles. Healthy offensive line too. Yes, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you get another year with CD Lamb. Yeah, I think we're still Gallup is still under contract, right, for another year. I think so. I'm pretty certain. So. so you get Gallup and Cooper back. Jarwin's back. I mean, essentially, it's 2020 all over again. Just healthy. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, our needs are defense. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully the the Raiders and the Niners don't do anything stupid again this year and let another like money offensive player fall yeah. <laughs> like Lamb did, which I don't see happening. Um, so I see us drafting. I'm hoping another DB. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is all based on if we sign Dak, which I I think we do. I think we do. I saw I think today on Sports Center that if they didn't get a deal done before March 9th, they're gonna tag him. Hmm. Well I know they said they're talking again. So yeah. I'm I'm happy. I think they're gonna do it. He deserves it. I mean, this was his year to prove it and honestly in four games, I think he did. Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, you lose Jarwin week one. So you're already down an offensive weapon, and he's still putting these numbers up with what he's got. I, I I don't know how you don't. And with just the weapons they have, this is easily the best offense in their conference. 
or in their division, let alone the conference. Yeah. It's just the defense. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think if they're healthy this year, um, it's a totally different story. And what was the NFC least this year? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the fact that we were still in it until the final week. Yeah. Was pathetic. I mean, for every team, it was embarrassing on all fronts. I mean, <laughs> just from top to bottom, I give my hat, I tip my hat to what Washington was able to do. Um, but being a Cowboy fan, it still makes me sick. But with, if the Cowboys come out and do what they did, or if I get, I should say, if Dak comes out and is able to perform the same way he did the first four games, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this team takes the East. And as long as they can shore up on defense and keep games close and actually win them with their defense, they're going to be unstoppable and they should be another favorite again this year for a deep playoff run as long as everybody stays healthy. Yeah, which, I, um, that was the, know, the problem. That was the whole problem last year even before Dak got hurt was my 90-year-old grandmother could have ran through the Cowboys defense and scored yep. a touchdown all yep. year long. Like it didn't matter who the quarterback was, we weren't no. stopping anybody. So, no. I think you're a, you hit that 100% on the head um that if the the Cowboys can shore up their defense and everyone on offense stays healthy, that they're going to be not only a contender for the Super Bowl, I think, mm-hmm. but they're, no, 100%. they're going to blow up your fantasy teams in a good way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a – I mean, you got Dak, Lamb, Gallup, mm-hmm. Cooper, and Jarwin. I mean, and heck, I would stack that. Shields. Huh? I like Schultz as a backup option for Jarwin. Yeah, I don't see him getting much if Jarwin is is back and fully healthy. I don't see it happening, but I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, now, who's your bottom? Or do you want me to take this one? No, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Houston. And this was... I put this on way before we even he- had heard about... Um, Deshaun Watson officially requesting a trade. I was going to um, ask, is it Watson or no Watson? This is, I think this is either way, to be completely honest. Because um, I think I don't think Fuller's coming back. I'd be shocked if Fuller's back, honestly. Um, I don't know why. I just have this feeling in my gut that I think he's going to go somewhere in free agency and try to get paid um, based off of this year. Hopefully he can. Hopefully he can stay healthy. After this year, without PEDs, you dumb dumb. Um, mm-hmm. But then that leaves, and I don't know. I'm just out on Brandon Cooks, and then their wide receiver core after that is straight garbage. David Johnson is old. Duke Johnson mm-hmm. is just a scat back at best now. Um, yep. I just I don't, and they're tight ends. I mean Jordan Aikens and um, oh, who's the other one? Oh, I'm totally blanking on his name. I can't remember it either. That's so, how little they use them. Yeah. Well, uh, well, one of them, 
uh, hold on, I'll look it up in just a second. Um, but yeah, I just think with even with if Watson does manage to to not get traded, which if they're dumb, I think they need to rebuild with the pieces that they have. Trade Johnson, trade Watson, probably trade JJ Watt on the defensive side, um, and get some pieces and some youth to really get going. I think that that's what they need to do if they hold on to Watson. They're just they're handcuffing themselves because he's not going to be happy. I think he's talked about not playing um, even, and uh, I just the weapons that they have don't excite me. I, I don't think Fuller's going to be there. I think he's going to go somewhere in free agency. Even if he's back, he's got to stay healthy. That was my biggest thing with Fuller last offseason was I didn't think he was going to be able to stay healthy because he hadn't. Um, and even this year, the joke was, Will Fuller's going to miss eight eight games. Well, he missed eight games because he did performance-enhancing drugs. Um, so I, I really think that this offense is just going in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. And... They just don't excite me. And Darren Fells was the other tight end. So uh, Fells scored 100 points in PPR, and Aikens only scored 116. So they're both bottom three tight ends and not somebody that I'm excited about for 2021. And I think uh, one of them is like 34 years old. Fells is 34. Um, yeah, I was going to say he's a little bit on the older side there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching that. So, uh, no. Who is yours? And I, as soon as I saw this on the show sheet, I knew it was coming. But I love it. You're sticking. You're sticking to your guns. You're consistent. Um, spoiler alert there. But who is your bottom bottom flight for 2021? Oh, it's the Baltimore Ravens, man. Why? Because Lamar Jackson sucks. <laughs> Uh, I saw that. I, I mean, I wasn't one of those that was like out there just pounding the rock saying like, Hey, this, he's got to play running back, but God bless all those people that said he should because he should. Yeah. I can throw better with my left hand (laughs) than he does with his right. He sucks. He cannot pass. He clearly cannot learn. And I don't think he wants to. So here's my my question to you, though, with them being yes. bottom stack. Do you think that Dobbins being a full-time number one back... Or, so that's the bright spot. Yeah, so I think Dobbins and Andrews are going to be your bright spots in that offense. Hollywood Brown is not a wide receiver one. Man, I'm really not huge on Andrews either. He disappears too much. Yeah. I think he's a beast when he's a beast. But other than that, like he, he's a, he's probably the tight end out of any that I would not want at all. If he was there and was my best option, I would pass. I'd rather have any other tight end over Andrews. And that's strictly because Lamar Jackson, I mean, this dude. All right. I'm going to play a name game with you real quick. Yes. Yes. Mark, Mark Andrews or Hunter Henry. Ooh, that depends. Hunter Henry's still in LA. Mm. Henry. Okay. Mark Andrews or Evan Ingram? Andrews. Okay. Uh, Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson? 
Ooh. Man. Jared Goff isn't much better, but I'll I'll, I'll take Hawk. Yeah. I think Hawk's more talented. Um. Okay, last one. Mark Andrews or Robert Tunyon? Oh, Tunyon. Easy. Interesting. Give me give me a quarterback, and it's Tunyon. I, I, okay, I respect it. I would take Darren Fells if he was in. <laughs> if he was if he was the starting tight end in Green Bay. I would take Darren Fells. <laughs> That's how shitty I think Jackson is. <laughs> and and I that was my prediction this this whole year was that he would not finish as a top ten, and he did not. Correct. I am proud of you. Uh, let me verify real quick. Uh, unfortunately for you, he was QB eight. Was he? Yep. I know he brought it on at the end of the season, but so, my our prediction for the Astros was that he would not be a top five for okay. sure. Nice. But I know he was outside of God, even 12 for quite a while, but it's just, you have Hollywood Brown who he's not I think is the one. I think he's talented and, you know, I saw these people, you know, give, give him a quarterback. I don't think that makes a difference. Honestly, he can't catch the ball just as much as Lamar can't throw it, but he can make plays once he gets it in his hands. I don't think he's a court or wide receiver one though. No, I I definitely don't think Hollywood Brown to me is a souped up version of MVS. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're both extremely fast. They both can't catch, but yep. I think Hollywood is a little better at catching and is right. m- much more dangerous with the ball in his hands. MVS, you're just hoping he takes the top off the defense, in my opinion. Right. Now, I'm pretty sure Allen, I know he, I don't know if he worked with Romo, but I know he talked with Romo about working on his passing. And actually improved. Uh, John, I, Lamar, Allen. I, I thought they said Lamar was looking to, to work on it again. But he said that last season. And cool, yeah. if his percentage went up, that's great. But he still misses too many to where he'll be elite on the ground. And that's all he'll ever be. But he's now becoming... Lamar Jackson is McVay. In the fact that... Everyone thinks he's a genius, but then once you figure him out, he's just an average guy who can break off a nice run every now and then now. Next season, it's going to get even worse, and his rushing will go down again because everyone is going to be able to figure him out, and he's not smart enough as an NFL quarterback to figure it out. And he proved that this year, that he can't figure it out. You lock him up, and he is the dumbest quarterback in the league. You're actually going to find this funny. His completion percentage dropped 2%, even though... No, even better. I'm shocked. I thought it went up. He threw 25 less attempts, but he also completed about 24... Or 23, sorry, I'm trying to do math quickly in my head, looking at my phone. Um, About 23 less attempts. He also threw for about... 350 less fewer yards this year. Yeah, and and I this is where this is why I faded him to be completely honest. 
Um, well, and this is where like the McVeighs and the um, oh, I can't even think of his name right now. The coach of the Ravens, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. They get cute, and he's like, "Oh shit, I got the greatest quarterback in the league. I'm just going to run the ball because it works sometimes." And then people are like, "Okay, cool. We can watch tape and figure it out." Oh, we figured it out. You know, you get him stuck in the backfield, and all of a sudden he just look. He looks like a lost puppy and doesn't know what to do. It's once if he can get to the line, that's where he's good. But if you can keep him in the backfield, you're guaranteed a loss. Yeah, you know, and that's what made Tennessee so fantastic last year in the playoffs is they sh- they figured that out and easily shut him down. Like, congratulations, you had an awesome run this year. And this is what I hate, is he has a fantastic run, and everybody's like, oh my god, he's the greatest thing that ever walked the earth, and they just bow down to it, but he sucks as a quarterback. Yeah. And I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the praise. He sucked. He This is why he will never win at, at an elite level. Why he didn't win in high school. Why he didn't win in college. He will never win a Super Bowl. He's the Mark reason they will never win. Carver, you can give Fox him underscore FF says the Ravens will never win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as QB. No, you know the only way they will is if they pull an Eagles, and he can get them there, and then let the backup win. <laughs> let RG three win it. <laughs> oh God, RG three don't even. He's off. <laughs> No, RG three is out now. So whoever, uh, forget what the backup's name is now. They're they're other what the rookie. Oh, who was it? Oh, I was impressed. Bought, yeah, he. Oh, and I loved him coming out of college too. Did he put? Hold on, I'll listeners. I'll be right back. But yes, as long as he is your starting quarterback, Trace McSorley. Yes, out of Penn State. Yep, I loved the way he played in that game. Yeah, and I I like him better. So, but you can give him a wide receiver one of not well, even an Adams caliber, but honestly, give him Juju won't make a difference because he won't be able to hit him. <laughs> well, that, so that's what I thought about Josh Allen. But he got digs, and he tr- improved tremendously. You, But he also made the effort in the offseason to work on it. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Jackson is good enough to – cool, he works on it every day. He can't, His mechanics aren't there. His smarts aren't there. Whereas Josh Allen, you can tell he's got what it takes. Jackson doesn't. Yeah. And I know, <laughs> I know everyone's probably pissed at that take, but it's true. No, man, you have stuck to that all year long. You and I have talked about it all year long. I I agree with you. I don't, not as, as vehemently, um, <laughs> but I don't, he's not a quarterback that I think I'll ever own in fantasy unless the value oh, is just screaming. Um, no. Because his rushing floor is there, but like he's at 64, 65, 66% completion. And I don't ever see that improving. Um, no, he'll never go above that. And unless he has another 36 touchdown passing year, he's not going to be the QB one overall, I don't think, again. And so no, I, I would, that's where I'd almost stake my claim is that he will never be QB one again. I, ever. I can agree with that. 
I would almost argue top three he will never see again. I, the way the game has changed, like, cool, you can run the ball, but you have to be able to do both. Yeah, the, I think the. I think, I think he thinks he's. Uh, I think, not necessarily that he thinks so, but you can tell his first read is to run because I think he knows he can't throw the ball. <laughs> no, I, I think the only reason he gets to top three again is if he has another uber efficient year with touchdown passing because yep. of his rushing floor. He and it'll never happen because the, he's being f- figured out already. Like that's that's what I think made Vic so much different is he was generational. Like he broke that mold. But I think it was kind of like cool he did it. Now no one else can. Because once they do, it's it's now something that's becoming more and more common that they figure it out. And I think defenses are getting smarter at knowing, okay, we're getting Jackson. You don't have to worry about the throw. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we stop the rush. And I mean, granted, I'll give him the, the, the credit is he's fantastic. Once he is on his feet going in open field, you know, it, it is hard to bring him down and I'll give him the fact that he is an elite rusher. But the second that that rushing goes away, he's not a long-term quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Like he's, he, I think he'll see the same career path as RG three. It'll just take him. He'll, he'll live it out longer. But my, my thought is if he ever is injured, that, that career path just shortened. Mm-hmm. No, I, so I, I just I just don't understand why everyone thinks he's like that amazing, that elite, that good when he doesn't have the the dual threat. He's not a dual threat. Like that's what doesn't scare me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like and I mean I, I say this as a homer, but um I mean even Allen showed it this year a little bit, but like that's what I love about Dak is Dak's mindset is to throw first and then run. And he's got the ability to do that and escape. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jackson's is I have to run because I can't throw. Mm. And I don't think he'll ever figure it out. Yeah. He's not smart enough. The, the NFL IQ is not there. Yeah. All righty. Rant over. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. Sorry, <laughs> it has been, but we're glad to have you back. Um, yeah. All right. So let's talk Super Bowl. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. So, ironically enough, we're doing an episode called F- on on flights, and it's on Team Stacks. And neither of us picked these two teams for our two stacks before the show f- no. filled out. Um, so I find that kind of funny. Um, I I hate Tom Brady. I'm just going to throw that out there. So this may seem like, oh, Shane's a Chiefs fan because I have 47 favorite teams in the NFL because um, everyone likes to make that joke. But no, I hate Tom Brady. My wife is a Chiefs fan. I'm cheering for the Chiefs. I think they're going to be the better team. Um, 
but I I'm gonna give mad respect to Tampa. They built this team for Brady to succeed and get them to where he he's un, untouchable almost. Um, and the one thing that I I wanted to talk about is like Brady's mind is superior to everyone in the NFL, but I don't know if his arm talent technically is still there as much. And you saw that against the Packers with him throwing, I think three interceptions, the Bucks defense, even before Brady got there was really good. And they're, really good again. Now, they had a bit of a, a breakdown in the middle of the season, and I think that's where they actually caught Kansas City, um, was in that kind of downhill slide. So I think that this game will be a lot closer. Um, but I think that Kansas City is still going to have the superior talent. So with the stacks... For Tampa, I've got it as Brady, Evans, Gronk, Godwin, Miller. I threw in Cameron Brait, um, and then Antonio Brown. So, is this is this an order of your? I think it's probably my order of preference, um, and maybe even Brady's order of preference. But I think, yeah. and the reason I put Brait on there is because they've used Gronk to block. Um, mm-hmm. And let Brayton go be the receiving threat, um, but Gronk's. I would almost switch Brayton and Gronk. Really? Yeah. Well, so on our show sheet, I actually put Brayton with a question mark because I didn't really know where to put him. Um, I knew that he'd been involved, and that they were letting kind of, kind of using Gronk as a decoy and, and blocking, blocking with Gronking. Um, Sorry, guys, it's 1 o'clock in the morning where I'm at. Um, but blocking with Gronk and letting Brayton go out. But um, So I don't hate that. I also, I might flip Miller, or not Miller, Brown and Godwin, um, unfortunately. I, I don't think Brown plays. You don't think so? No. I thought, I because he's hurt, right? Yeah. I thought I saw something that he might not play, um, and that's kind of why I have him towards the end of the list. If he plays, I think it's it's Evans. We'll we'll go Evans, Brait, Brown, Godwin, Miller, and then Gronk. Um, if he plays, I agree. So, um, then for Kansas City, their stack starts with Mahomes, and yep. I, I I love the way this is matching up. Um, it's the old guard in Brady handing it off to the new guy in um, Mahomes, and so I am I'm ready for Mahomes to kick Brady's butt. Uh, yep. So their stack is Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I put Ceh on there, and then I've got Michael Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. I've got as a question mark, um, but I would sub Sammy Watkins in for him. Robinson, I've got as a question mark. Sammy even questionable too i think yeah so uh i think he played yeah so andrea is a chiefs fan and she told me this morning that he's that watkins is supposed to be back so but robinson is on the covid list but he was just a close contact so he can still make it back for the super bowl yes i think him and the center both are on track to come back yeah so i would i would put I agree. I think it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill. I would say Hardman. 
and then Edwards Alaire. Yeah. I don't I know and I don't hate that. Um I I would almost argue I would almost argue Williams. Yeah, I don't over, I, I over put him in there. Um but I think with I think if CEH is healthy, which he, he's on track to be fully healthy for this, um I think we finally get to see the CEH CEH game that we've all been waiting for. Um at least that's what I'm hoping for. And I think this is I think this is a a pass. This is a Williams game. I think Williams will surprise. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to a play that he makes and that makes the game. See, so we'll go ahead and and go into this this next segment that I have and we can, I mean, we're just talking about the Super Bowl, so we can talk about the teams however we want to, but, um, my player to watch, I, I've got us, I had us put down two players to watch one for each team and mine is Mikkel Hardman. Um, Mm -hmm. and the reason I have it as Hardman is I think that I honestly think the one area where, uh, the chiefs can excel more than just the both offenses are are going to be great. Both mm-hmm. defenses I think are underrated. I think Mikael yeah. Hardman gives the Chiefs an advantage in the special teams game. One hundred percent, as long I, as he holds on to the football. Yeah, I could really see him running a punt back or running a kickoff back in this game, and that being the difference. So that's why I have him as my player to watch for the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. It almost you've got somebody else down, but it sounds like Williams might be a player to watch for you. Um, what what makes you say that Williams is going to be the guy? I don't. He's just got that sneaky play potential. He's. I mean, I know Alaire's been injured, but they still bring him in. They still use him. Um, I mean, I think he knows the offense better. So I think when it comes down to it, he's going to be the one in there over CEH. That, that's just what I think. Um, and knowing the Chiefs, it honestly could be either one. Mm-hmm. But I think they have more plays dialed up. I see it more as like maybe a catch out of the backfield that just takes it. But he's more of my dark horse. Got it. And I would have put Nicole for mine, but you already put him, so I didn't want to <laughs> Sorry. Um, I really love Miko Hardman. I hate that he's not used more than he is. Um, oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, I was <laughs> I was mad that he what fumbled the punt and then his what his play the next offensive set was fantastic. Yeah. And just showed this is what they need to be using him for, and they don't seem to use him enough. Nope. But for me, for the Chiefs, it's Travis Kelsey. This, I mean, he's been dominant again this year. You know, he's the go-to guy. I think he's your make or break in this game. If they can't get him the ball, they lose. Hill's going to break off one or two big runs, but in the end it comes down to finding Kelsey. No, I totally agree with that Um, because I think – after Tyreek Hill absolutely d- spun Carlton Davis like a top, stepped on him, ate his lunch, stole his cookies from his mama, um, 
and <laughs> took his girl to the dance in the movies and then came back and picked him up and then pushed him back over again um, in the first quarter. I think they kind of figured out that, hey, Carlton needs a little bit of help. Um, so I don't foresee Tyreek having almost 200 yards in the first quarter again. Uh, no. So I think Kelsey is going to have to, have yes. to do what he's done all year, and that's perform. And that's what the best part is, is you know he can. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think they know that. They're going to get him going. And I think they've got such a balanced attack, even though it is Hill and, and Kelsey, that they can still spread the ball so much mm-hmm. and then go right back to him. And or, or, or honestly just go, hey, first, second, third, we're going Kelsey. Yeah. And he'll be there. Yeah, and, and like you said with the spreading, that's why I love Miko Hardman. I love Demarcus Robinson. Um, I hate Sammy Watkins, but in that offense, like they have so much diversity on yep. where they can attack you that you can't focus on Kelsey. You can't focus on Hill because they've got guys that are good enough to still beat you elsewhere. Right, and they proved that last year in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 100%. Damian Williams, he was the man. Well, and, and Watkins. Yeah. Well. So who who's your guy to watch for uh, the Bucks here? Well, if he plays, it's Antonio Brown. There is just something with the chemistry that him and Brady have that if he plays, I think he's going to make a monster play and it's going to be a game-changing play. If, it's gross. I, I hate their connection. I do too. If it's not on, a, I, on, on the field and off the field, I hate it. Yeah. If it's not, if he doesn't play, I think it's got to be Gronk. Um, I think you're right. I th- I just I think those New England Patriots days are going to come back. Um, but it hasn't been. I I for the most part, yeah. But Gronk, I mean, Gronk still had a, a decent year. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. And so I just think with that, I mean, he was tied in thirteen. Is what it's looking like. Hold on. Yeah. So actually, this has him at tight end eight and standard and tight end 10 in PPR. Um, I think the league I'm looking at is tiered PPR. So that's why he's lower. Um, but I think that that connection is still there. Um, tight end is just a barren landscape in fantasy football. So it doesn't seem like it has been. And I just, I got a bad feeling that if Brown's not there, he's going to find Gronk for a touchdown or a huge play to set them up to score late in the game. Um, if it comes down to that. Yeah, I can see that my, my guy to watch for is, it's kind of based on the same premise of not even one big play. It's more of that's who they have to rely on. And it's Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, I thought it was going to be Godwin, especially with Brady. Um, and it, it ended up being Evans is the guy that seems to have been the go-to, uh, especially late in the season. Mm-hmm. And 
he's looked fantastic, and I hate it because I I want the the Chiefs to win this game. But I think if Evans can go and get going, that could be that could be your game changer. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Um, if Evans has a big game, the I don't know if the Chiefs have. I don't know if the Chiefs have someone who can stop him one on one. To be completely honest, yeah. So if he gets going, they're gonna have to figure out a way to shut him down. And I think the the Bucks still have enough offensive weapons elsewhere, right, to be able to expose that. And Brady, I mean, I hate it, but Brady's the goat. Kind of way to expose that. Yeah, and and it's one of those things too that. Evans can be a game changer on a one yard touchdown because he can go and get it over anyone else or you can hit him on a bomb and it still does the same effect. So it's like you got to stop him in one fashion or another. And I think goal line is where he could kill you. Oh, because it's not only Evans you have to worry about it's Gronk or Bray. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about Godwin down there, but you know, even if Brown plays, like that's another one. You know, they, they I think they have more of a goal line threat than Kansas City does, mm-hmm. because to me, it's Kelsey or kind of a trick play there down on the goal line, yeah. unless you're pounding it in with Ceh, which could mm-hmm. work as well, but. You know, it's more of a, not a one-trick pony, but it's kind of like, hey, it's Kelsey or you got to earn it. Yeah. And I think that's just where it comes down to. I I think play calling for both sides is going to be phenomenal. I think this Super Bowl is going to be amazing. Yeah, I do too. I I see the Chiefs taking it, but it's going to be close. What say you? I have the Chiefs winning as well. Um I just think I think it's going to come down to their I'm trying to think how to word it. I think their team chemistry from yeah. last year to this year, like their roster makeup, the whole general core is basically the same. And their defense improved and they've still got the best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I I hate Brady, but oh, I do too. A little bit of me is rooting not for him necessarily, but for the Bucks for the fact that maybe it wasn't Belichick. Yeah, well, I think him getting here proves that it wasn't Belichick. Um, yeah, I guess I could take that and just <laughs> leave it at that, and you know, he did what he needed to do, but. You know, I, I agree. I think the chemistry favors the Chiefs. The offense favors the Chiefs. I think the defense is close. I do too. This, this, I mean, it's stupid, but like it's that cliche. This game, it comes down to a defensive play. Defense or special teams. Um, yeah. I would yes. honestly also give the coaching. It's close, but I'm giving it to Andy Reid. I give him that for creativity. Yeah. Like I said, it's I mean, very, both very close. 
I think you have the two best coaches of the year in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which will make this fun. Um, but I agree. I think Reed has just a little bit of the edge, and I give it to him more because he's been there. More recently. Well, and they were down. Yeah. So it's not like they're afraid to play from behind. Yeah. And I, th- I think that could make the difference too. I think they come from behind and win. Yeah, and I, I think Mahomes gives them that ability at any point. They could be down well, 21 well, and, half and, and still come back, I think, which I don't well, think that's happens. The thing is that he's so nonchalant. It's so weird watching him play football. <laughs> and I think I was talking to uh, Nick about this. That like, and I, I've mentioned this to my wife, like not that I could make it in the NFL, but like he's doing the shit that we were doing that I would do in the schoolyard. Yeah. Or like just playing for fun. Like, you know, I can run one way and then just no look. Cause I know you're going to be there, but like everyone's like, Oh, I could do that. But he's the only one in the, in the NFL doing that. Yeah. Like, I think he took schoolyard football and is showing how to do it in the NFL because he's smart enough. Whereas like other players, like it works on occasion, like Brett Favre with his little shovel pass, you know, Yeah. there's that like one unique thing where, you know, I think Brady is a technician. Yeah. And that's what works for him. And that's what makes him so good. But Mahomes is just a kid playing on the street saying, Hey, go long. I'm going to get you the ball. It, well, yeah. Turn in at the car, down, like the third car in, turn in. Yeah. And I will get you the football. Like that's how he plays. And I almost think it simplifies the game in a way that like, it's almost like slow motion in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I'm hoping this is a new breed of quarterback that we're going to start to see. But like, even with the guys coming out now, it almost isn't. It's weird. Yeah. No, no. I don't think there's ever going to be another Patrick Mahomes. No, I think I think there'll be like iterations of it where it's like, okay, there's glimpses because people take it from him. But like, it's funny. This is like, in a way, um, how, like I excelled at volleyball. Like that was my, like I played football. I was good, but like, Volleyball was my sport, but I played differently because of how my dad played and he played like so nonchalant that I think that's what made it almost easier to understand because it was like, Oh, maybe you can do things differently. And like Mahomes figured that out. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's what makes him so fun to watch is it's like you think you know what he's going to do, but then he pulls some other trick out of his hat. Yeah. And it's it, you never expect it. And it's it's almost like he doesn't give a shit. And he executes it perfectly. Like exactly. he'll, he'll throw a behind-the-back pass left-handed, not looking, yep. and it's perfect. It hits the receiver right in the hands. Or – he throws just he just throws a normal pass left handed and it's perfect. It's exactly like what the Rams game last year or two was it last year? I think it was two years ago when he threw a left handed pass. Yes, I mean just 
the capacity to, to do that, you know, it, it's, it's next level. And I, I know everybody like goes crazy for it. And, um, especially uh, who's the guy that sounds like he smoked like 30 cigarettes before he goes on TV. Oh. NBC. I have no idea. Uh, Collinsworth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, he, I hate him because of like this dude idolizes Mahomes and takes it to another level mm-hmm. to where it's just stupid. But like, as normal people like us see it, <laughs> it's like, this is just schoolyard football. Yeah. And that's what makes it so fun to watch. And I'm almost kind of glad that you're not really seeing that coming out from college now or any other way, because it makes him that much better. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'd rather have that than a technician any day. I want somebody who can create something out of nothing than rely on, I guess, fundamentals if you're going that route. Yeah, but the thing is, is Mahomes' fundamentals are still excellent. and that's Well, yeah, but I mean like... That's all that they have is fundamentals. Yeah. They don't have the yeah. creativity or the improv- improvisation to be able to do the other stuff. Right, Brady's going to take a sack where Mahomes could spin out and flick it off his shoe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what gives Kansas City the edge. Yep. Totally agree. But, I mean, either way, I think this is going to be one for the books. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it is. It should be much better than the uh, Rams-Patriots a few years ago. That was awful. Yes, where everybody took a nap. Yeah, agree. Yeah, if it's anything like last year, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, but yeah, I see it as a Kansas City victory from from coming back. Whether it's seven points, three points, they're going to come back from it and win. I like it. I like it. I like it. And it's almost here. It is. We're so close. Uh, And with that, we'll wrap up here. Make sure to follow uh, the show on Twitter at Fantasy Nightcap. You can follow Shane at FFShaneB. And you can follow me and attack me with all your uh, Lamar Jackson love at CarbonFox underscore FF. I gladly await it. Oh, I I don't envy you right now. Um, it's good to have you back, buddy. Uh, oh, so, so happy to have you back. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you fantasy advice straight no chaser. And don't forget to check out the new section of the website, AstroWare. Don't forget to also check out our film room and our partner, FTN. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.